pumped to be here and put another episode of the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Grams in the house here at a new venue. We're, we're continuing to take you around the QC, the Queen City, all these uh, special places that we hang out and talk. Charlotte Soccer, and it's Sir Edmund Haley's tonight. That's what I'll call it. I say Haley's. We asked the bartender earlier. She said, we call it Sir Ed's. Is it Haley's? Is it Halley's? It's just Sir Ed's. So yeah. we'll go with Sir Ed's for sure. Sir Ed's Pub is, is where we are tonight. And we are celebrating Danny Rams. You know why? It's the, it's the first nil-nil Charlotte FC regular season MLS game. Another first for the club. <laughs> We're just kidding. We knew Every coming, week man. we make history. Uh, I was always said this and when I describe people that watch soccer and enjoy soccer and people that are new to the game or people that don't know the game at all or have a lack of respect for the game for some reason I'm like you know you're a soccer fan when you watch a nil nil game and you're like okay I'm, I'm good with that <laughs> like right. some people don't have the ability to accept that as a result of a match yeah I mean it's like if you think about the, the easiest the laziest the most common critique by soccer haters what do they say not enough scoring oh there's not enough scoring you know oh it's not it's not exciting there's no scoring and then what's their second critique oh there's draws they have ties <laughs> you, yeah. we need a winner we need yeah. a loser you know so if you were a soccer hater this was uh, the type of game that would probably give you a lot of ammo, but it's not something that I'm really here to listen to because what that game proved for me, and for most soccer fans I think would agree, it showed the beauty of a nil-nil draw and the excitement that can be found inside of a nil-nil draw because that game was not short on excitement whatsoever. We got rewarded at the end of the match. Right. With, it was with the, with the final moment, a moment of... <laughs> of intense bliss when you realize it's two on one two Charlotte FC strikers Swiderski down the middle and Gaines down the right hand side of the pitch at that moment you're like okay wow this is about to be a late winner on the road steal three points so even though it was a uh, satisfying nil-nil result that I enjoyed thank you I enjoyed the the uh, the nil nil. Yeah, I mean, even but but I was left disappointed because the final chance and I want to be going on. I want to on the record, and I'm glad I still feel like this today. Is like immediately, I'm just like I don't blame Gaines for shooting. Like he made the play, his pace made the play, and he was right on the doorstep, and he tried to slot it in, and he hit the. And the keeper, he hit the, the net, and the keeper made a good save. And yeah, he could have passed it over to Svodersky, and everyone knows that. But it's not like a cardinal sin for me for him to shoot that at the net. Yeah, I mean, I know you feel I, differently. I, I suppose. I know I you suppose, feel differently. Yeah. Funniest thing about this is, you know, we do a rundown. We sort of plot out what we want to do. And I thought we were going to ease into this conversation. I thought we were going to, you know get a few other things out of the way first and then get to gains but you want to jump right to gains let's talk about it i mean it's probably a wise move on your part as a producer because it's the most important 
you know talking point that came out of that game. So let's let's get there. Uh, I I I don't know. I'm I'm surprised by your perspective. Maybe I, or maybe impressed. I'm not sure. Maybe both. But I'm happy that you can sort of see the thing from Gaines' perspective in terms of he made the play. It was only no other player on our team was going to get into that position because right. it was his pure speed and, and sort yeah, of raw he, ability that he is put him most, in the position. He has the most pace on Charlotte FC, which is impressive. Right. And that's why he's like becoming one of my sneaky favorite players. In his worst moment, you actually see what his brilliance is when you think about that, his pace. Or, conversely, yes. at his most brilliant moment, he showed you his limitations. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. it depends how you, your perspective. But, uh, uh, but no, I, I love your positivity. I think uh, it's certainly you're not the first person I've seen saying this. I've well, seen a lot of defenders of gains yeah. in the fan base. People are saying, you know, he it you can't if he had scored it, you know, it'd be a whole different narrative and all that. They say Yarbrough had to make a really tough save. He, he, did. Fo- he forced the keeper to go down and to his right and put a strong hand out there to stop it. It wasn't like he shot it straight into the keeper. So it was a, pre, a, a nice save. Other people say, oh, he can't, you know, no guarantee he would have made the, a good pass. He Running at full speed, he tries to slide a, a you know, touch pass over. Maybe he, he overcooks it and it, you know, goes past Carroll on the, on the follow-up or not. So there's all those ways to say it. I would say that I'm probably not as angry or not as uh, upset. I was never angry, you know. I was pretty happy with the result. I was down on Gaines's play there, very down in the hours following the match. In the immediate aftermath, it was really rough for me to to really see things from Gaines's point of view. As you know, 48 hours later, times passed by a little bit. I'm, I'm a little more forgiving. You know what? It's kind of a human tendency that as, as time healing all wounds, I guess you know, I was able to to not be uh, so upset about it. I still haven't heard from Gaines on the thing. I don't. I don't even know if Mar addressed that specific play in his press conference today because he was talking on some other topics. I haven't heard the whole presser. That's my fault. But I'll just say this: I hope that we learn from it. Because what in life? What can you do in life from a mistake? You can't change it. Right. You can't go back in time and 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 erase it. Yeah. So what can you do? What's your only move when when something like that happens? Learn from it. Grow. I do have one question. Do you think there is as much negative reaction towards Gaines making that play, or not making that play, let's say? <laughs> do you think the fans would freak out quite as much if Carol Swiderski didn't freak out so much and show, you know, I, for all our love for King Carroll and as important as he is on this team, and, and we can only go as far as he'll take us on one level? Okay, you, Yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. Do another beer? Uh, yeah, Magnus, please. As much as I love King Carroll, uh, you know, and we're only going to go as far as he can take us as one of our star designated players on, on one level, there is something to be said for his body language on the pitch. The, it's not the first time that we've seen him flap his he- palms up to his head and freak out over not getting a pass or over not approving of what a teammate did on, on the pitch and... I understand that he's, you know, one of the most experienced players, and he's got the highest level, you know, history in the game in terms of the academies he came up with and being with national team pedigree and all that. But you got, and I don't really, I'm not saying he's a bad teammate, but I'm saying that kind of body language, 
is sort of giving you an inkling that maybe he's a bad teammate. I don't know. It's a it's a really good point, and it's well taken. Everybody sees it. You can't deny it. That's what happens. He flipped out on Bender, you know, in the Cincinnati game. He just flipped out on Gaines. I've seen him, you know, act negative I before. This. I thought about this. And my, like, takeaway was just like, okay, I don't care, like, yet. Like, I'm taking note of it. But then I thought about it. Like, he went the full 90. It was the last second of the match. He ran so hard. He was on the doorstep. All he needed was just a simple square ball to tap on in. So from that point of view, like, he's pissed. Right. Because Kane's Justifiably so. It is just, like, about the outward emotion Mm -hmm. of the reaction. You can be justified in doing something and still be better off not having done it. You know, if you know what I'm saying. You know, it's like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And... I don't know. Just something to watch because they're great. They're awesome. Thank you so much. Just something to watch because it could be an issue going forward. And the final thing I just want to say on that is, and I always like to say, this is not an excuse, but it may be an explanation. That was Gaines's really his his first 30, 40 seconds of being on the pitch. It was his first action. You know, he probably his eyes were probably as wide as saucers. You know, as he ran down that ball. And maybe if he'd been out there for 10 minutes or so beforehand uh, and been a little bit more in the flow, possibly he's, he's, his mindset is a little bit more of being more of a playmaker in that spot than a shooter. Who knows? So we disagree on that. I think at first we did. Everyone was freaking out in the moment. Um, go at For the Crown Baby. You can see the tweets. They're all there. Uh, just like I put Kalina on blast after that mistake against Philly. Uh, Danny Rams, he's he put our boy McKenzie on blast um, after that mistake. So, but that's that's what you have to do. You have to hold these guys accountable. The good news is, is that Kalina came back strong after that mistake. I think that my point on Gaines is like, you know, when I like joke about his moment of brilliance and how good he is and whatever. The last two games in the U.S. Open Cup against Greenville. He was the fastest player on the pitch by like an absurd amount mm-hmm. for both teams. And then he comes out on Colorado and he's the fastest player on the pitch again mm-hmm. there. So it's just like when you see that by itself, you know why. Remember when we talked about how, um, you know, why did Austin give up games? Right. Like, why did. This is, I think, this is what you're seeing. They liked him. So he came to us mm-hmm. as a liked player. So anyway, I don't want to put yeah. gains on blast too much. We, we had disagreed on that, and now we're, we just talked it through. There's a lot of things to talk about. I think we found our way to a, to a happy medium yeah. on the whole thing, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, McKinsey, you're awesome. We love having you on the club. There will be better days and better moments ahead, surely. Yeah. And also, Camille Yusviak makes that pass. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a good call. That's a great call. Thank you very much. If we want to move on and move past it, what I think is a great positive to build on with the effort that we saw was the just the sheer overall domination of the second half and the way that we were able to turn a game that was sort of a little bit going against us early on. You know, Colorado probably had two really good chances to score. 
that you could say should have been goals, uh, and especially one of them went off the bottom of the crossbar, and we just pure luck that it bounced on on our side of the goal line instead yeah. of the other. Because I mean, yeah, that, it was, dude, it was you like see a, that uh, shot, it, it gets scored almost ninety percent of the time. It was a uh, back and forth match. I slightly disagree with the whole this team deserved three points. Like. Again, I don't know if that's true. I think I saw MAR say that. Like, the team deserved more. Everyone expected that. Yeah, and I think that's because of that final chance. But what happens if both those early Colorado chances go in? It hits the underside of the bar. And by the way, Barrios and, and Rubio, those guys are legit. Like, they were dominating the game early. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte FC. And that's why, like, you're calling them a second-half team, and I... Like, I agree. They played, Charlotte played better in the second half. They did it against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. Um, but all the goals have come in the first half at home, right? Yeah. So, like, second half team on the road, first half team at home. Does that make sense? I think the, I numbers, that, yeah. I think the numbers might back that up. Yeah, I think it's perfectly logical for a team to have, sort of have two different personalities in their home and road match. There's a lot of teams that I would say qualify like that. When I say we're a second-half team, I'm not necessarily referring to goals. I'm more, I'm more referring to possession and game control. I, I feel like we tend to control second halves much more than we control the first half. I, I guess I'd have to look up the analytics and the, the stats to actually back that up, so it's a little bit anecdotal for me to say that. But I know we really controlled the first the second half in Colorado. And part of that, you know, you look, you look at the luck factor of things again. Uh, Jack Price, Colorado's, you know, d- midfield stalwart who they depend on to do a lot of their playmaking and, and creative stuff he pulled his hamstring right at the end of the first half so it's a little bit easier for us to dominate possession with someone like him off the pitch in the second half so you got to consider that factor as well but it comes down to something that Miguel Angel touched on in his press conference today which is just how this hard this team works and and that's why I say we're a second half team is because we work he shouted out his team and said that the thing that he told his guys, what he loves working with them, is how they work so hard in training and they don't give up a training session. Imagine how proud I am. I told them a few days ago, the strength of this group, they train so hard every day. And the moment they don't bring energy, I press them. I push them to say, we can't give one training for free on top every single day. The players were exhausted. Thursday we traveled in. Friday was terrible weather to train. It was super windy, so many challenges, but this group, they're super competitive. We're happy to get the clean sheet and get a point, but we want to win. We want to win. That's what allows us to compete despite being a smaller team that is just starting out with all these challenges. And I think that's what leads to having the stamina to be the better team in the final 20 minutes and, th- and things like that. You know, obviously we did give up the late losing goal uh, to Atlanta in stoppage time, but... Uh, before that play, we had—I would say—we were dominating the second half of the, in that match too, uh, which led to Adam Armour's goal, the first ever goal for the club. So, I think we are—I just think it, more people are going to start coming around to this this idea of Charlotte being a great second half team because of the way they train, because of the way MAR coaches, because of the depth, <laughs> uh, yeah, and because of our you know our Ecuadorians, you know. Right. Franco and Alcivar uh, they, just doing work. Yeah, they're the best. I want to give those guys a specific shout-out on this show. Uh, didn't go the full 90, did Alcivar. Yeah, and Alan also subbed out right at the end, just as more of like a uh, 
get a get a striker. I think he was in the gain substitution, if I'm not mistaken. But damn, they came close. But Swiderski, Brownie Bro, Mora, Fuchs, Guzman, Lindsay. Wow, that's like a it's a solid full ninety crew right there. Mm-hmm. That's like the crew. That's the full ninety MLS regular season match crew. That's like who he's going to count on. It's unbelievable to see it like play out that way. But um, do you think we are and Franco had a great match? And I want to shout them out for playing at altitude. They know right. how to do that. They right? Yeah, they're used to being in some of those South American qualifying matches, you know, being played in Bolivia, you know, at extremely high altitude yeah. and things like that. The Rocky Mountains were were nothing for those guys compared to the Andes, you know? So yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. That's a little geography lesson <laughs> on a uh, beautiful Monday evening in Charlotte. It is just absolutely gorgeous here. This, yeah, this, this patio is a gem. Sir Ed's patio is nice, and if you hear it in our voices in terms of being just a little more low-key than we normally are, it's just because of the vibe on this patio where we're at, to be honest. There's yeah. a, uh, that was so good. I'm glad y'all enjoyed awesome. it. Y'all Thank doing so all right much. for the moment? It's fantastic. Great. It's just a really nice <laughs> night out, and we're under the the lights. There's Christmas lights strung up all around. There's umbrellas. Yeah. There's benches. You know the, uh, I... When I, when I got here, by the way, that squeaking you hear is a dog here. All right, dogs are welcome on the patio. We've got a little pup my playing with a squeak toy. My, yeah. my kind of place, you know. Finn's been on the show. You've heard him on previous episodes. Um, so it's a great night. We're going to take a break. Uh, enjoy the setting. Uh, have another beer. I've got a Magners. Danny Brams, you've got a second. Wait for you as well. So we're going to put in some work. And- the Maduro Brown, baby. Uh, there's a reason... I'm going to listen to this, is what they call a tease in the business. Stick with us after the break. You're going to find out why I'm drinking a beer from Central Florida. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes and Danny Brands. We're in the house, Sir Ed's Pub. I've got another Magners. Uh, it's it's fantastic. What? Get, t- tell me about that Magners. What's it, what's it all about? It's a cider. Oh, it's it's a it's a really nice Irish cider. Sometimes I have it on the rocks, but in a Guinness pint. Tonight, no rocks, just straight cider. It's awesome for Monday night on the patio. Um, and makes me feel like I'm, you know, back in the homeland, bro. At this place, had some potatoes, potato cakes. Right. It just feels great, man. It's, it's like my, this is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Irish, just like, and I'm proud of it. And, and like, there's, there's a, a place like this makes me, like, so happy. I can't believe I've, I've never been here before, and... This is why people have always told me that I would love to, to come here. My wife has told me that. Yeah, she recommended years. this spot tonight, yeah, specifically. Rachel, yeah, Rachel was like, where are you doing the show tonight? Let's do it at this place. So we get here, and it's just like this really chill vibe outside with um, a little bit of stonework, a little bit of brickwork, um, 
kind of a hidden gem. It's tucked behind Park Road Shopping Center. If you didn't know about it, you'd probably never find it. Exactly. And, and that's the key. That's the key. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. So hopefully maybe, and I think we might be, spreading the word tonight on the show that this place is a, uh, it's a good date night, it's a great chill night. Yeah. Any type of vibe goes here on the patio. I'm, I'm looking around this patio right now. I can see several date nights in progress, you know, and I, I hope yeah. all those people go have a, a wonderful evening. I'm, uh, I'm toasting the night with a uh, Cigar City Maduro Brown Ale uh, on my second one of the night. And uh, it's a Tampa, Tampa, Florida brew. Oh, yeah. Which, by the brew. way, why are you drinking that one? Why, why are you well, drinking I, that I, I'm drinking a Florida beer because I'm headed to Florida later this week. Oh, <laughs> man. He's, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, uh, I'm traveling with the, the team. I'm, yeah. I'm headed on the road, uh, well, through the air, I should say, down to Orlando. Going to make a quick trip, doing a big, uh, it's kind of a fun thing where I'm going to see Charlotte FC, going to see the Crowns play, but I'm also meeting up with a bunch of uh, internet gambling buddies, and uh, we're going to have a good time talking fantasy soccer and uh, talking real soccer. I'm going to try to convert a lot of these people over to Charlotte fans, the people come from New York. Uh, Nashville, St. Louis, got a few Euros coming over from Scotland, from France, and all these people are coming to Orlando because it was uh, the most easily accessible spot, and then they, they told me that about this meetup going for the, the, the fantasy game, and they said it's a Charlotte match, so will you come, Danny Brams? And I said, of course I'll come see Charlotte play Orlando. Uh, these guys all think they're there to cheer for Orlando City, but they don't realize that uh, the pre-party Friday night is my mission will be to convert them all to Charlotte FC fans and we're going to take over our section basically and, and turn it blue inside Exploria Stadium I can't wait it'll be like a mini mini traveling fans uh, section if you will I don't know exactly what the official what sports trip, groups dude. are doing I'm sure they're sending some people down there we had folks representing in Colorado a couple of our followers were tweeting us pictures of their right. spots in the stadium it was really awesome and uh, we, we have a pretty good traveling fan base. There's so much excitement for this first year that just, you know, people want to make the trips. It's a trip that I'm jealous of. Um, I'd, I'd love to get out there this weekend. But the first question I have is Florida is always the central location. So people coming from all over the mm-hmm. world, just go to Florida. Yeah. When you got yeah. Euros coming, they're yeah. like Florida, Florida or New York. Yeah. yeah. Like That's Florida, like, yeah. let's go. Orlando, come get it. Yeah. Um, going to be a great time down there. Going to be a party. I bet the city's going to be lit that weekend, like this time of year. With people on vacation, beautiful weather. It's um, going to be great. Getting some time. But then you got a trip coming up in a week and a half yourself. You're, you're representing for the show in the U.S. Open Cup. The competition you love, you're going to be able to make the trip up to Richmond, correct? Yeah, man. Um, and we've got a couple episodes to, to get into all those details before, you know, that competition in which I love because of the knockout play, the squad rotation. Had such a great time in Greenville and going to get on the road four hours up to Richmond and uh, watch that game. And uh, Richmond has a long history. Um, and I know there's people that have been fans of that squad for decades at this point. And it's a big deal to them, that match. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, we'll talk about the MLS matches up until that point. And we've got a lot of home fixtures in May, but there's two critical, you know, away matches coming up. So, after what I saw from Orlando this past weekend, losing 3-0 at home to New York Red Bulls, who are a decent, you know, probably better than average team, let's say, uh, 
I feel like this is a business trip where we need to go down and get th our first three points on the road. It was nice to get the one point in Colorado. We need to come out of Orlando with three points. They're a very beatable squad. They're, they've got old players. They've got slow players. They are a bit of a mess. They've got injuries. Their number one center back is out for an extended period of time. They've got four more points than we do, though. Well, I still think we're a better team than them. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced. Ten goals for, ten goals against. Yeah, for I mean, Orlando. compared to that, we're we're eight goals for, eleven goals against. All right. Ten points. Sounds about. I mean, that sounds about right. I. You know what that four point difference is? L.A. Galaxy. And that and Atlanta United in and, Atlanta and Atlanta United. Yeah. yeah, that's the four points. Like the world class strike, top corner, mm -hmm. worldy goal, mm -hmm. crazy strike from outside the box mm -hmm. with insane curl into that top right corner. Insane. Yeah, Everett Alvarez. I mean, that match would have been zero zero. That yeah. match would have been our first nil nil. But we waited so long <laughs> until now. We had to wait until now for that nil nil result. But we finally got it because I love. I'm telling you, man, we no, gotta no, beat Orlando. It just—I don't care how many points they have. I watched full 90 minutes of them get their asses dragged all over their home field by New York Red Bulls, and I know we can do the same thing to them because of the work. Because the work we referenced earlier in the show, the the guys keep putting in. I, I just think we outwork them. Orlando, you know, they got Alexander Pato on their team. I mean, this guy has been the next big thing out of Brazil for the last 20 years, and he never really made it, you know? This is a guy who was supposed to go be a star for AC Milan in, in the Italian league, and instead he comes, you know, to MLS with his tail between his legs looking for weaker competition to try to dominate. You know, I'm not that worried about Alexander Pato. Uh, you know, they got Pedro Galese, the Peruvian goalkeeper who's going to be at the World Cup later this year. He looked horrible against the Red Bulls, shipping three goals. We can easily score past this guy. I don't care. This is a game we have to win. And that's why you're making the trip. <laughs> right. You know? It's like, if I'm going to say it, I'm going to back it up. You know, I'm right. going to get on the plane, I'm going to go down there, and I'm right. going to see it in person. Yeah. Because it's a must win. I can't wait. Just like it is against Richmond. The other thing is that no one goes to their games. They don't. They don't have hardly any fans. You know, and that's something. To be honest, it's something that's like should be a warning. It's just yeah. something a warning sign for yeah. us. Yeah. People are laughing. <laughs> exactly. Well timed laugh from over there in that corner. But Orlando launched in 2015 with massive support. They sold out every game. They had all this crazy fan support. Now seven years later, they're filling their stadium at like 30 percent capacity. So that's something that we as a brand new franchise can look at and say like that's a road we don't want to go down you know that's a long way off but like this is a club Orlando that represents a lot of what we don't want the traps that we don't want to see ourselves fall into in terms of bringing in overrated older European based players who have big names that aren't good and having fan support dwindle and fall off because the team's not good and nobody goes to the stadium anymore. You know, that's what I see when I look at Orlando SC. And again, all Charlotte FC, we got so much excitement. You know, we're going to pack Bank of America from now until October. I have no doubt about that. 
probably going to pack it next spring as well when the season relaunches in our second season. But five years down the road, we need to still be packing it, and a lot of that is going to be based on what we do in our first few seasons. Let me tell you this. Uh, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but you know. No. You know. Um, if we guaranteed, if I, and this is up to the supporters, this is talking directly to the audience, the people that listen to this podcast that love Charlotte FC, and we appreciate you, and thanks for listening to the show. The reason you know, why you have to support the club and buy tickets and uh, financially support the club is because when the club has 30,000 people in it uh, for every match at Bank of America Stadium, and they're all paid ticket holders, and five years from now, I can guarantee you, Charlotte FC would be a successful franchise because that money would be used to invest into the club and the players. And that energy is what builds a good franchise. You have to, and that's why they love the supporters because that's that's how soccer is different than other sports in the United States. Where, truthfully, the amount of money that Charlotte FC generates through ticket sales will make a difference in what type of players they can have. I think using this platform to promote that is a, is a good thing to people, for people to understand that it's not just going to pay for itself. The success of the club. Right. And that plays into the whole thing of the fact that the supporters are the club. Yes. You know, I was when I I'm, I never I, I I'm not perfect on this, but I always try you know, to like it's the circle is complete. When I refer to the players, you know, going on a trip or playing in a game, whatever, I always call them the squad. I don't call that the club. <laughs> That's the squad. I would never want to say that the players are the only things that make up the club because the club is all of us. The club is the players, the coaches, the administrators, and the supporters. Most importantly. The squad is the other ones out there doing things on the pitch for us, and we love them all. Right. But they need us, and we need them, and it's a symbiotic relationship, and neither would thrive without the other. Yeah, that's why you're going down to Orlando. I'm going to Richmond. Um, you got to walk the walk right? and be a supporter. And that's why it says in the, the description of the show, two supporters tell the story of being a fan. Yeah, we can we can podcast professionally and we can do other things, but we can also take you on a tour around Charlotte one or two times a week to be at a cool restaurant like Surrez or a cool brewery like O and B or Heist. Heist. Yeah. Right, exactly. You loved the Heist episode. Yeah. We'll be back to Heist, no doubt, at some point very soon. It was that- tough to to, to to today do another episode knowing that knowing that this was following the heist episode. If you're out there and you 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 are a fan of the club or you're a fan of the show or hopefully both, and you're you work at a bar, you're a manager at a bar, you're an owner of a bar, and you want us to come do a show at your place, please let us know. We will we will gladly take requests as far as where to go to do the show because that's been one of the best aspects in terms of just hitting new places in town, you know, and like taking it all to the city from. Noda to Pineville to the West Side to South End, like yeah. we're at, we've been everywhere, you know, and it's it's been awesome. But yeah. you know who one of my um, favorite producers is, and it's Anthony Bourdain. 
And the reason why is because like I'm inspired to do travel shows as well. So that's part of the experience for me as a supporter as well. Like and the part of the show is to take people on a journey around. Mm-hmm. That's why when we when we do a podcast at a location and we say, Hey, we love this place, OMB, we love you. I would have been at OMB any time. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, there's other places in Charlotte, so we want to take you around. And, and then soon, one of the things I want to do is um, start talking to local people. Mm-hmm. I think that there's room on this show for local business owners and companies to spread their word. It's kind of like the... Uh, it's, it's culture. It's right. Culture. Club culture, supporter yeah, fan culture. Yeah, culture. exactly. And, and that goes along with food, restaurants, breweries. It's the city's culture. And the club mm-hmm. has to be a representation of that. So that's what the show is supposed to be. That's why we try to give you a few details on what we're drinking and like describe the beers, describe our settings and stuff. We hope you like it. But I guess we should probably quit waxing poetic here and get a little bit into you know the tactics we hope to see. And I got a question for you, John, in terms of what we're going to see in Orlando, and that is the formation. You know, we've done a lot of formation speculation over recent weeks. It, it feels like things are kind of settling a little bit. It, it feels like MRR is really finding kind of where he wants to go. You know, obviously he's a he's a guy who's shown his ability to do some tweaking game by game, but like it really feels more settled. And I would ask you, the back four that we saw in this most recent match against Colorado, is that the back four going forward? Mora, Fuchs, Guzman, Lindsay. We're not messing around with the back five anymore. We're not putting Fuchs at left back. We're not. We're, we're relegating McCoon to a relief role for now until he, you know, shows more improvement. Is that the way it's going to be for the next month and a half or so? Yes. And the reason is because Joseph Mora has passed the test. Like, yeah. he is the left back. Right. There's, there's no player that we've been, that I personally at least have been more critical of in the, in the three months we've been doing this show than Joe Mora. You know, I, I've called him Sleepy Joe. I've been pretty harsh on him, and yet I, I at this point, he, I, I need to just man cope with the whole damn thing, man. He's, yeah. he's, uh, he's proven he's up to the test. He is what he is. He's a known quantity. If you expect more from him than what he's going to give you, you're in the wrong uh, mindset. But I think he played a, a kind of weak first half against Greenville, but in the second half went nuts, and he started running up. He was just like, screw it. I'm going to – MAR wants me to go up. I'm going to go up. And he yeah. finally seemed to get it in the yeah. second half of that Greenville match. Still want to see a little bit more closing. Per, uh, Rubio had a great, great chance in the Colorado match early to put us down 1-0, and I felt more I needed to close – close in on him a little bit better there when he was dribbling free in the box but overall Joe Moore is holding it down and he's holding like the fact is we're soccer fans we love uh, offensive like wide open high flying like press your fullbacks way up and get him up there in the attack that's just not who Joe Mora is I'm finally at peace with it and we don't need him to be up there we we have Adam Armour and Ben Bender up the left side uh, you know and we're going to have Yosviak on the left. Him and Bender, and they'll, they'll probably be rotating left and right, back and forth when they get in their swing. So we just need someone to hold it down, and we can't have Fuchs playing left back for 90 minutes. So it's it's Mora, it's Joe Mora. I still think that you could do a back three with um, 
like Mora and Armor in the same lineup with with Armor as the wing back and Mora as the the left center back. Left center back. There. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. Um, except you know, I'll do. Maybe I'll do a. Um, I'll change it up for one last beer. I'll do a Guinness. That'd be great. That'd be my last beer of the night. Uh, go with another Irish classic. Right? This man is in his. He's he, mentally John is on the Emerald Isle right now yeah. for sure, and it's a beautiful thing uh, for sure. I, I think this is the bat settled back for. Yeah. You know, to get back, get us back on topic, yeah. and so. What do you want to see against Orlando? Let's say we we kind of got you know we we forecast a little bit. We were kind of optimistically forecasting Usviak for the Colorado game, and then after we recorded, the news came out that he had an illness and was questionable. So that's going to happen, you know, with our schedule and whatnot. Right. Sometimes you're going to get some information that gets you know a little bit uh, outdated. Let's assume for now that Usviak is available. Do you want to see him start against Orlando? As long as he tells MAR he's 100%. Like, as long as the fitness people say he's good to go and he's ready to go and he doesn't put himself at injury, at risk of injury, or doesn't feel 100%, uh, that's basically what it comes down to. So, yeah, this is the moment that he's clearly... He came on in the U.S. Open Cup. <laughs> that means nothing is off limits, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's like right. I was shocked to see him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, really I did not was. expect a debut in the U.S. Open yeah. Cup for you. Yeah, for sure. Off the bench, not even close. Right. That was a total shock for me. He was kind of like looking around sometimes. Am I really on this pitch? Yeah. <laughs> in Greenville, South Carolina, in the in the middle of spring. Uh, yeah. You know, right. I, I'm used to playing you know, for the Polish national team against Italy and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I don't think MAR is necessarily trying to humble him. It's more just saying, like, this is where you're at. You know, this is where we are. This is who, who this club is. So I want to see Yusviak from the start, I think. I, I assume he's going to be okay. I could turn out wrong. So uh, if I do turn out wrong, that's, so, that's unfortunate. But the question then becomes, because to be honest, if he's available, there's really no question. He's our second highest paid player. He's got to start. You can't have that much money sitting on the bench. So let's just say the real question becomes, who is the drop? Is it Rios that gets dropped, or is it one of the, the midfield trio uh, you know, of Bender, Alcivar, or, and Franco? I think we saw Bender come off the bench in Colorado and be an energy guy, which was great. I still love him in the starting lineup for his development for the long term. But I don't need to see Bender in the lineup. I don't. Like I, I think like you'd he, rather see Rios. I thought when I thought when Bender was on <laughs> the first, his first ten minutes was pretty poor. Get to it, Katie. I just like I, and I remember specifically making it out of my head that like Bender came on and hasn't really contributed much, and he looks like he's totally off the pace. That was honestly my thought. That's fair, but he also was the one that made the pass to free gains. It was a pretty nice pass, you know, yeah. knowing what Gaines was capable of and tracking it down. Maybe it was a little lucky, but, yeah. I mean, he did uh, you, make an you impact. Could call, yeah, you could, yes. He got a touch on the, on the ball. <laughs> Just like I got a touch on the ball in Atlanta on the side. <laughs> it just hit me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, trust me, that was not on purpose. I think, I, and I, I mean, like, no disrespect by saying this. I really don't want to, like, I'm not trying to flame or anything like that. I don't want people to come and flame at me. But it's fair to say. Ben Bender's a little bit overrated right now yeah. because he's so highly rated and he's a 20-year-old kid 
and he's going to hit a wall, he's going to hit a slump, and you have to be ready for that. I, what I want people to do is sort of just manage their expectations with him because if you start thinking that, like, Ben Bender is, like, the MLS MVP and, like, is going to just be great every game, you're setting yourself up for disappointment, as much as I love the kid. There's, there's nothing that I can add to that. I, I, and so that means he's out of uh, Danny Bramson's starting 11. Uh, no, 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 no. Having said all of that, I still... I still want to see the 4-3-3 with Rios on the bench as a sub. And uh, I want to see our back four that we just outlined earlier. I want to see a midfield three of Bronico, Franco, and Alcivar. And I want to see a front attacking three of Bender, Swiderski, Yuzviak. That's my... And then put ar- once Armour gets good enough to start to replace Mora, he's eventually there. But that's my best 11. Is okay. a four three three with Bender, okay. and Rios is a super sub. Okay. You disagree? No, no. I, I just think it's like it would be the first time that formation was played. So, which is cool because you know Mar has always said um, we could play five or six formations. It just depends. We can morph during the game and mutate into different uh, versions of um, itself. He's been a master tinkerer so far, for the most part, in yeah. MAR. So, I mean, there's a, there's a very good chance that we have the best coach in the league. I'm yeah. just going to come out and say it. I don't care that he's the youngest. I don't care that he's new. I don't the care about Bruce Arena. The only other thing that I would think about, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, and, uh, yeah, and he is new. He's the man. We love him. But instead of... Uh, at the top. Beautiful. Thank you. Cheers. This is a perfectly poured Guinness. I'd expect nothing less at Sir Ed's. You know that when you're ordering a Guinness, it depends on where they get it and how it's poured. Can't say that for every beer, which is kind of good. It's literally like having dessert after those two ciders. And the potatoes, my goodness, what a meal. They, You're in Dreamland yeah, right now. Yeah, they knocked it out of the park. That Dreamland, Dreamland would have been a Mackenzie Gaines finish. <laughs> that would have been Dreamland. Ugh, Kenzie. So, my point was, before uh, the Guinness was delivered, that I had to interrupt you on the fact that I take potentially... I take somebody off the field and I start gains. Come on. And I start gains. Come on. Yeah, I start gains. How many Guinnesses did you drink before I showed up? (laughs) You're not the first person I've heard say that, though. I saw someone else saying that. One of our great followers, I forget who it was, I apologize. It might have been Michael Hubbard, but it was one of our guys who was out there pitching gains as a starter. So, I mean. At least I got somebody in my corner. (laughs) Shit. I mean, who's he starting in front of? In front of Bender? Yeah. I mean, just to be a slasher, just a total pain. Because you're going to have, you ask Svidersky and you ask Yuzviak to create, right. to combo play, mm-hmm. and work together to move the ball forward. And you just have gains on the right or the, or the left just slashing. 
The reason I'm like that as I think about it more, the reason I'll give it some credence. Okay, that's all. Is want. because Yusviak and Bender similar players. Yes. Yusviak can do everything Bender's doing, but better in theory because of his experience and and his natural talent. So why do you need two of the same player up in your attack? Gaines gives you something different, a different option. Now I'm now I'm starting to see the vision. I'm starting to see the vision, and I, I don't hate it. I'm not sure that he's earned the trust, and I think it would be a wild reaction from the fan base in that hour from the time the lineup is announced to the to the kickoff of the actual game to see Gaines show up in that starting lineup because people would be like, "What the fuck? This kid just lost us the damn win, and now Miguel rewards him with a start. What the hell?" Like I could yeah. see people flipping out, but and I don't think it'll happen. But it's not the craziest idea I've ever heard either. Something to think about. And I think we're going to learn a lot about Miguel Angel, um, about how he views the mistake. That's a great point. Because we already learned about Kalina, although the goalkeeper is a different situation than a forward position. But we had always talked about how the Charlotte FC's weakness was that wing. And there's like two guys on the team, three guys now that can play the position. So it's a it's a competition between Gaines, between Yuzviak and Bender. Right. And you know who else is potentially in that mix? TT. Right. Right. Because right. I want to give some love for for a quick second to TT Ortiz. Talking about a guy who's rescuing his season before dude our very is eyes. Playing out of his mind right now, and I, I would imagine his official height is like five seven. 5'8", I'll look that up. And he's this out kid, there th- trying headers. He plays, he plays like he is legitimately 6'4". Um, and we saw it from the first match. Right. Uh, we, I still don't think he was offside on that header goal against D.C. I mean, I know the video shows he was, but I no, still don't think so. No. <laughs> you, know what's cra- you know what's insane, too? Is that um, how... There's been, like, no VAR. He's 5'7". TTRT is 5'7". Thanks for the show. You nailed it. Yeah. There's no way. And by the way, he wears number 10 for a reason. He's been crushing it. He could, you know, he can play also off of, in a 4-3-3, he can play as a, like a, like, TT is in competition with Yuzviak and Bender as well. Anyway. Correct. I agree. I agree. Like, you remember when the when the season started, he was projected as a locked in starter because of yeah. his previous relationship yeah, with Miguel. The reason I brought him up, he's playing great, and he, he struggled out. early, yeah. and he's fighting his way back into the first eleven for sure. I think if if he's playing at his best potential, he's an easy starter over Bender. To be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. and I love Ben Bender. I know the fans love Ben Ben Bender. You go to the Mint Street End, you go to Bank of America Stadium. The loudest cheer in the starting lineup goes to Ben Bender. And I get that because we have some casual fans and they don't necessarily know, you know, God love everyone around here. I I, sur- I don't uh, hold it against people, but, like, when you're new to the game, it might be a little bit tough to, like, get into all these foreign players. So it's easy to latch on to a young American kid who's the number one pick in the draft who comes in. Like, I don't know. I I feel like I'm going to catch some flack here for some of the negative stuff I'm saying about Ben, but I don't mean it. Yeah, I'm, I, I just I'm trying to be realis- realistic. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm just trying to like I know I've followed this league for years. I know that it's a marathon. I know that young players are going to hit walls. It's just yeah. it's just a fact of life. I literally said on the last show he's like better at home than he is on the road. Right. He's like a young 
child who needs to be nurtured at the house before mm-hmm. he's let out into the wild where he could potentially face Colorado mm-hmm. at altitude or Orlando down in Florida and just like be so out of his comfort mm-hmm. zone that he's not professional enough. He doesn't have enough professional experience on how important that is. Like in college, you go on the road and you're just better. Right. At Clemson, they were like national champions. Mm-hmm. Right? Didn't he go to Clemson? Is it, yeah. This is easy. Yeah. No, he went to Maryland. He went to Maryland. He went to Maryland. Yeah. At Mar- I don't think they were national champions. I don't think so. Yeah, but he was a great prospect. At, at Maryland, as a great at Maryland as a great prospect, like it's not the same as going to play a bunch of 27, 26 right. year old men right. who have been grinding on the professional scene for six years already. When he's playing college, he's probably one of the most experienced players on the pitch. Here, he's easily the least. Correct. And that counts. And I love Ben Bender, and I expect him. <laughs> to be a star in this league. But I'm just trying to manage expectations. Okay. So, let's go with the 4-3-3. You want to see the 4-3-3 on? I do want to see yeah. the 4-3-3. I can, I can go with that formation. I think if you want to, I think if you just want to go for a win, you got a point, you know, go for it. Or, you play defensive and try to come home from the road trip with two points. At the, at the minimum, and, and try to steal one. But, you just have to, you have to decide what you want to do. Here's the deal. I'm not going to be sad if we pull off a draw, but, uh, you know, post-game I'll be fine. Yay, we got the point. Great, we have 11 points on the What's season. What's your best But case? going into this game, I, I'm set, I said this early in the episode. I'm not going to come off it now 30 minutes later. It's a must-win. We must – this is a – Orlando's not a good team. I don't care how many points they have on the table. They looked like pure ass at home against New York Red Bulls, who are a decent but not terrific team. And they just looked like – they just looked horrible. And if we can't exploit that, then we got problems. Well, it's a tough road match again. I mean, you're, you're, I think you're taking a, I think you're taking a short-term view of like you're going down there and you need to see the W. <laughs> hey, I think guilty as charged. You got me. You know what can I say? But I did want to. I definitely want to see a W. But and that's okay because when I travel to see a squad, like I want to see a W too, and like it, it and you're 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 backing it up with recent results, which I get. But again, when you look at the the entire picture and you realize that they haven't won a road game yet other than against a USL one squad to like get have to win on the road right now, it's t- like it's t- okay, even if it is a must win, right? I'll agree, sure. Let's win. Like the odds of that happening is what? We are one out we are one out of four. <laughs> Check Sofa score if you want the odds. I don't know, but I think yeah. I think it's a winnable match, and it, it should be one. I, I just don't rate Orlando whatsoever. I just think they're. I think Orlando's a bad club, and that when it it doesn't matter how many points they have right now, when it's all said and done, they're going to be in the bottom five of MLS and bottom two or three of the Eastern Conference. I just really believe that. Maybe I'm crazy. Charlotte is a uh, plus four twenty five underdog. That's more. That's that's more than just home field advantage. So yeah, they are. Like, that's a that's a decently sized underdog number for sure, especially for an MLS match. Yeah. Average average, you'd probably be like plus two fifty, I think, for for mo- for most yeah. like neutral matches. So, so plus four twenty five is a big deal. Yeah. So I mean, just maybe you want to temper your expectations. <laughs> I'm not. A little bit. I'm not. I'm going to. If I don't anything less than a win with me in the stadium, I'm going to be pounding fists <laughs> on this table. <laughs> 
Dude, I'm, I had to call you out. I'm sorry. I just it is what it is. Like it's they're plus four twenty five hundred dogs. I'm it's telling not you. a must win. I'm game. telling you, Orlando is bad. This is not financial advice, but <laughs> Orlando is bad. Yeah. Um, I took Charlotte at like plus money on uh, Saturday. Nice. And so I was like disappointed when the goal didn't go in because I would have won, but it was like. It was it was good plus money value against Colorado on the road, and that's the thing what you're saying here. And I think that's the, the advice we're giving is that how tight you're getting good odds on that. So like if Danny Rams is really saying Orlando's not good and Charlotte's pl- over plus four hundred, which is unbelievable odds for a squad that can win on the road, get its first road win, it's possible. I, I'm proud of you for putting that bet down. I might have to put my own money where my mouth is to be honest, <laughs> because I, I can't come out here and, and yeah. say everything I've said for the last hour and then. Yeah. And then not put a little uh, little skrilla on the yeah. uh, on the line. So yeah, let's go. Let's get it. I'll have my bet. Yeah. Da- I'll get my bet down. No there problem. It's, it's the show. I'm, I'm hanging out with a bunch of gambling buddies the whole weekend. Might as well. <laughs> yep. It it uh it fits the weekend theme, which is uh, being on so rare, um, being on, on Discord, doing doing the internet lifestyle like this show by the way the charlotte soccer show which is a internet podcast which is um for your ears so and we've been posting uh more on reddit a little bit more recently which is good and uh that's a cool network for us i think to connect with fans we've we've had some discussions going on there the twitter's up and running and going great thanks to all of us all of y'all who are following us on twitter and you know thanks for the reviews on the pod and just you know we say we we take a few minutes at the end of every every episode to just thank all of the uh, the listeners and the uh, the fans of this podcast, like because it, it drives us. Like to hear people say, "I look forward to listening to John and Danny after a match." I'm just like, "Whoa!" Like that's the highest compliment I could imagine. I completely agree, and I just I do want to know who gave us the one star on Apple Podcasts because it dropped our rating from a five to a four point nine. <laughs> So, hey, can't win them all, I guess. Yeah, you can. <laughs> uh, we've 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 learned that. So, share the show with a friend. We asked you that before. Right. Find, find a supporter. Share share with a supporter. And hey, buy some tickets. Um, some inside information about tickets. At this point, it's really not inside information. But you know, you can get fifteen dollar tickets every week before Charlotte FC matches at home at the box office. You just got to know when to go. And that's kind of hush-hush. So if you listen to the show and you're worried about tickets and you want to take your family, you've got a big family of like eight people, You can it can be like with the best fucking... I'm talking about family stuff and I'm dropping f bombs. <laughs> it could be the best... <laughs> hey, hey, it's the patio. Yeah, it's, it could be the best family night for value-wise that you've had in a long time. There, I mean, and there's people selling tickets out front, too, uh, for even, like, 20 25 bucks too, if you can't get the official 15 ones. It's not that expensive to get, get yeah. a ticket from a reseller yeah. out, out front. Yeah, so we, we haven't um, we haven't talked a lot of, about a national stories or national press that Charlotte FC has gotten. Remember, it was most expensive season tickets. It was bad te- bad rebuild team mm-hmm. or bad build of the roster. Not they like didn't MLS. do it like Atlanta did. Yeah. They didn't do it like LAFC did. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You, know, you know what's... Uh, Zoran was an agent. <laughs> you know what's funny about all that stuff is that, like, I think this is a really good lesson in, like, it's good when it's quiet. Great call. I like that. 
everybody shut the hell up and that's because yeah. we are doing great results so you're just playing well you're, you're like it's good when it's quiet that's a great way to bring it full circle because this has been kind of a quiet episode of the show we kind of try to tone it down a little bit to match the vibe of this patio and I like that it's just an ending note it's good when it's quiet I think there's some trivia going on inside so <laughs> even more to do um, at Sir Ed's Pub a lot, a lot of different vibes all at once here um, you'd never find it you don't, you, I, would, I can't even tell you what street it's on because it's in an alley it's on a back alley yeah you think maybe Harris Teeter would be getting <laughs> behind like a, a bike shop like, yeah be uh, getting a, uh, a shipment dropped off and then all of a sudden you see this bar with this sweet courtyard and open air space good it's a cool venue like you could have like a you could reserve this patio for like a, a rehearsal dinner or an engagement party stuff like that now I'm doing like commercials for this place <laughs> uh, we're fans it's, it's we're the, new fans yeah we are it's the it's the Charlotte soccer show I'm John Hayes he's Danny Rams really appreciate you listening to what do you think about CSS? Like, I don't, I don't love it. There was like a CSS TV station. Yeah. Like, I love Charlotte Soccer Show. It's a show about Charlotte. It's yeah. a show about soccer. It's a show about Charlotte Soccer. That's right. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby. A lot of great content there. A lot of breakdowns. A lot of analytics. A lot of the things we'll teach you about soccer that you may not know. Or, and discussion. Yes, and discussion. We like to engage. If you reply to us, we will reply back. And we'll follow back. If, yeah, we don't yeah. do an instant follow back, but if you give us a few engagements on some of the stuff we'll do, we'll follow back. Yeah. We love to be, uh, you know, engaged with our peeps. It, it's hard not to, and I don't want to end the episode. I'm having such, I'm having such a good time, but it's that time of the week. Uh, it's Monday night. It's, it's Sir Ed's. And, uh, we recommend anybody coming here for any night, especially on a beautiful night like this in the Queen City. We'll talk to you soon. For the crown, baby.